I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Monday, December 12th, 2022, the 691st day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to continue listening to the podcast a couple of days later for free on a variety of podcast platforms. And of course, rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, to the writing, to the social media and to the merch site at linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So a lot has happened over the weekend since Friday afternoon. We have had multiple Twitter file drops. We have had Elon Musk suggest the prosecution of Anthony Fauci. And I will get to all of that. But first, I spent the afternoon yesterday 
going through the lawsuit filed last week by Kerry Lake versus Katie Hobbs and a number of other listed defendants, including Stephen Richer, the Maricopa County recorder, Bill Gates, Clint Hickman, Jack Sellers, Thomas Galvin, and Steve Gallardo, who are the members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and Scott Jarrett, who is the Maricopa County Director of Elections. And I want to go through a substantial portion of this because the case is important. Hopefully the case will be decided on its merits and the election results as they have been certified will simply be vacated or the election will be redone. But if past experience is any guide for what might be coming, we can expect that we may see some court corruption play out in the form of dismissing the case on procedural grounds, which would then lead to an appeals process and maybe it'll go all the way up to the Supreme Court. Who knows? We just have to wait and see. But regardless of what the result ultimately is, something we cannot know, we can still look at the case and examine the evidence presented in the case and understand what happens in Arizona elections. And of course, what happens in Arizona elections is not unique to Arizona. This is how elections are run around the country. Arizona's processes are themselves a result of system-wide rigging by means of infiltration over time. These are the product of a process designed to, in the end, produce winners, quote unquote, of elections, quote unquote, that are aligned with the regime's agenda. So I want to go through the summary of the case, and then we'll go to the end, the counts as they are listed and the demand for relief. Now, I've posted the link to the case in the Telegram info stream on Twitter, on Truth Social. Over and over again, I was posting pieces of this case throughout the day yesterday. And the link to Scribd where you can find this case is in each one of those posts. So it should not be hard to find at all. But let's begin. The eyes of the country are on Arizona. On November 30th, 2022, Rasmussen Reports published a poll of likely U.S. voters asking about the Election Day problems with vote tabulation in Maricopa County. This poll asked whether responding voters agreed or disagreed with contestant Carrie Lake's statement calling the election botched and stating, quote, this isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This is about our sacred right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of on Election Day, November 8th. The results of that poll are stunning. 72% of likely voters said they agree with Lake's statement, including 45% who strongly agree. We've talked about this poll on here before. 72% believe that the election was botched and that voters were deprived of their right to vote. That is an enormous number. And it's the sort of number that proves pretty conclusively that this is not about Donald Trump. And it's not about Republicans. It's about elections being stolen and the people beginning to understand that they are stolen and how. The number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election on November 8th, 2022, far exceeds the 17,117 
vote margin between Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and Democratic gubernatorial candidate Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, certified at the official state canvas on December 5th, 2022. Witnesses who were present at the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center, that's MCTEC, Runbeck Election Services, and a multitude of Maricopa County vote centers, as well as other facts meticulously gathered, showed hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots infected the election in Maricopa County. One county, hundreds of thousands of votes. You got to keep this stuff in mind when you're dealing with normies because they don't understand anything about how elections work. They haven't looked at the election evidence at all still after two years. And they know that if they admit any problems in the elections at all, their whole case for the legitimacy of their movement, of their agenda, of the illegitimate administration that currently pretends to occupy the White House. It all begins to fall apart. But this is the scale we're talking about. They believe that there's no way that election fraud could have happened in such a way that it would have swung the results of the elections, because that's what they were told by the television. And that's what they were told, they believe, by people like Bill Barr. They'll say, sure, every election has its problems. It's almost impossible to run a completely 100% fraud-free election. And on some level, maybe that's true. There are always going to be people out there trying to cheat, but it's strange that they're so okay with it. They're like, well, it's not that much. It can't really make a difference. So it's not really a concern, except of course it can make a difference. It does make a difference. We might see presidential elections that are decided in the national popular vote by a few million. Not that those votes are real, but we see presidential elections even in states that are decided by under 10,000 votes. And then we have local races that are decided by vote totals in the single digits or double digits or a few hundred. And you'd think that they'd at least say, oh, well, tweeting surely must matter there. But no. No, it doesn't, because if they admit cheating, then they might have to understand that cheating is a bigger problem than it is for just those local races. And then again, it slides them down that slippery slope where they eventually have to realize, oh, wow, yeah, these elections are stolen at a massive scale. Hundreds of thousands of illegal votes in one county, and that county is not unique. We are talking about the potential with systems like this for millions upon millions of illegal ballots to be included in our national elections. Arizona's not even the worst state. Look at California. You got millions and millions of votes in California that are illegal, but we're told it can't be a problem because they don't understand that the problem could possibly be this big. They think it's just real people out there with real ballots assigned to real people and the real people out there who want to cheat just have a way of getting all of these real ballots from real people and just putting them in the box or casting them for their candidate. That's not it. The system that is intended to create fraud, in fact, does create systemic fraud. 
on whatever scale necessary to produce the desired outcome. In addition, on Election Day, thousands of Republican voters were disenfranchised as a result of Maricopa County election officials misconduct in connection with the widespread tabulator or printer failures at 59 percent of the 223 vote centers in Maricopa County. These facts preclude Arizona's vote totals canvassed on December 5th, 2022, from being used to determine the next governor of Arizona in Findlay versus Sorensen. The Arizona Supreme Court held that mistakes, omissions and irregularities in the conduct of an election may void it if they, quote, affect the result or at least render it uncertain. And this is from a case from 1929 established Arizona Supreme Court precedent. But this case is about more than just those bad acts. Rampant and clear violations of federal and state law have become pervasive at the Secretary of State level under Secretary Hobbs and in the Maricopa County Recorder and Elections Department. This case is about restoring trust in the election process, a trust that Maricopa County election officials and Hobbs have shattered. The judicial system is now the only vehicle by which that trust can be restored. Just a few days ago, the public learned Secretary Hobbs and Maricopa County election officials, including recorder Stephen Richard, participated in an unconstitutional government censorship operation using an election misinformation reporting portal created by the Department of Homeland Security and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. So that's DHS and CISA. State and local elections officials sent censorship requests to the election misinformation reporting portal, which the federal government, in partnership with social media companies and other platforms like Twitter and Facebook, would then remove speech they did not like from public view. Hobbs, Richer, and others participated in this secret censorship operation, and that is fully evidenced in government documents, communications by government officials, and this information is currently part of the lawsuit brought by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Louisiana Attorney Jeff Landry about government censorship in regard to COVID. Their actions were per se violations of Arizona citizens' free speech rights under the United States Constitution and the Arizona State Constitution. These actions and others also constituted election misconduct in accordance with with Arizona Revised Statute Section 16-672A1. Now, a per se violation means that the act in and of itself was a violation of law. That's what's being claimed here. The fact that they participated in the censorship program, that in and of itself is a violation of the U.S. Constitution and the Arizona State Constitution. What they did was illegal and unconstitutional. And again, this is not unique to Arizona. Secretaries of state around the country involved in the National Association of Secretaries of State had access to this portal. I've talked about it many times, but my face appears in FOIA documents from the California Secretary of State. They took down a video that I was featured in talking about how the Secretary of State's office 
had changed my voter registration to place me on the permanent mail-in balloting list without my consent, without my knowledge, without me doing it. So once again, this is widespread and systemic. Secretaries of state all around the country involved in violations of the U.S. Constitution and their state's constitutions per se violations. The act in and of itself is a violation of the First Amendment in order for their participation in systemic election fraud to go unnoticed by the public who is deprived of access to that information. There's much more. The debacle that occurred in Maricopa County on November 8th, 2022, Election Day, was chaos as Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates admitted on live TV during a press conference held shortly after Election Day. Republicans vote at a three to one ratio over Democrats on Election Day and were thus disproportionately and adversely affected. The tabulator's rejection of thousands of ballots sent off a domino chain of electoral improprieties, rampant administrative chaos and confusion, lengthy delays at polling sites, and ultimately the prevention of qualified voters from having their votes counted. Video footage, firsthand accounts, and expert testimony directly contradict Maricopa County's officials' public statements, deliberately attempting to downplay these events. Such acts, along with the government censorship programs described above in which defendants Hobbs and Richer participated, only serve to amplify Americans' deepening distrust in our election system. The evidence, including a detailed sworn declaration by a cyber expert who, among other things, spent nine years testing electronic voting machines on behalf of the same voting system testing lab, VSTL, that certified the machines in Maricopa shows that the machine failures Arizona voters experienced in Maricopa County on Election Day could not have occurred absent intentional misconduct. And that is a major claim that must be supported by evidence. And of course, the evidence does support that claim. The cyber expert they're referring to is a man named Clay Parikh. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly, and we will get back to him in a little bit. Thousands of voters, disproportionately Republican, gave up voting due to long wait times or simply avoided the polls after seeing the chaos reported on the news. The expert evidence shows conservatively that at least between 15,603 and 29,257 Republican voters were disenfranchised from voting as a direct consequence of the voting machine failures in Maricopa. So that's just people that showed up at the polls and were unable to vote. In addition, it is well known that mail-in ballots are one of the voting methods most vulnerable to election fraud. After the contested 2000 presidential election, the bipartisan Jimmy Carter, James Baker Commission identified absentee ballots as, quote, the largest source of potential voter fraud, end quote. In the 2022 general election, over 1.3 million ballots were cast through the mail-in vote or placed in drop boxes in Maricopa County. Testimony by whistleblowers and witnesses with firsthand knowledge shows that Maricopa County officials violated Arizona chain of custody laws for hundreds of thousands of these mail-in ballots. 
These chain of custody laws are a critical deterrent to keep illegal mail-in votes from infecting the election. With no chain of custody, there is no way to tell whether over 300,000 ballots cast in Maricopa County are legal ballots. Maricopa County officials also permitted the counting of tens of thousands of mail-in and Dropbox ballots that did not satisfy signature verification requirements. Signature verification, whereby the signature on the ballot envelope is compared to the voter's signature on file to help confirm that the person who completed the ballot is actually the voter, is one of the most important methods of preventing mail-in ballot fraud. If the signature associated with the ballot does not match the signature on file with the government, the ballot cannot be counted unless the signature mismatch is properly cured. And they show an example of ballot signatures that are totally mismatched. The fact that these two signatures do not match is clear even from a cursory glance. Maricopa County election officials allowed tens of thousands of ballots with signature mismatches like this one to be counted in 2020. They did the same thing in the 2022 general election. Now, that is a very interesting thing about this case. Many, many times the attorneys who wrote this, Kurt Olson being one of them, did not hesitate to mention the evidence of election fraud from the 2020 election. Because the same things happened in both elections. They now have evidence from two elections of the same systemic issues that happen in such a way that they can only be caused by intentional action. The election results certified by Secretary of State Katie Hobbs in the marquee race at the top of the ballot, a contest for the governorship between Hobbs herself and Carrie Lake showed a difference in votes between the two candidates of approximately 0.67%, 17,117 votes out of about 2,559,485 cast. The separation of votes between Hobbs and Lake is far narrower than the number of presumptively illegal and illegally cast ballots in Arizona. The fact that 72% of voters don't believe this election can be trusted is a wake-up call. The election day debacle, together with other illegal and improper procedures through which the election was administered, preclude the defendants in this action from certifying Hobbs as the winner of the election. Now, before we jump to the end of the lawsuit, I want to highlight two things from somewhere in the middle. This is the process for mail-in ballots and Dropbox ballots in Maricopa County. And while you're listening to me describe this process, see if you think this either introduces more obvious places where fraud can happen. Does this make the system more secure or less secure? Does this process suggest that our elections have integrity or do not have integrity? And compare this to what we might see as a more proper election process, like showing up in person with a voter ID, getting a paper ballot that is marked by hand and counted by hand at a small precinct with complete and total obvious and perfect chain of custody. Ballots returned to Maricopa County by U.S. Postal Mail or at a ballot drop box go through a multi-step process prior to tabulation. Ballots deposited in drop boxes are retrieved daily by ballot couriers. 
The ballots are placed in a transport container, sealed, and then transported to MCTEC, where they are counted, documented, sorted, and placed in bins. This process, count, audit, and chain of custody must be recorded on early voting ballot transport statement forms. Okay, so that is a lot of steps all right there. And every step by law must be documented to ensure that all of this highly complicated process is actually legitimate at every point. The bins are then transported to Runback by a Maricopa County driver. Typically, en route to Runback, the county driver stops at the U.S. Postal Service facility in Phoenix to pick up mail-in ballots. Upon arrival at Runback, the ballots are transferred to the custody of Runback employees and must be recorded on inbound receipt of delivery chain of custody forms. At Runback, the ballot envelopes are scanned and the signature images are captured for electronic signature verification. The scanned ballot envelope signatures are then electronically transmitted back to MCTEC, where each ballot signature is reviewed and compared with the voter's control signature on file with Maricopa County. Signatures that matched are approved, meaning those voters' ballots are cleared for tabulation. Maricopa County then notifies Runbeck which signatures are approved. Runbeck collects the ballot envelopes corresponding to the approved signatures and packages them for transportation back to MCTEC. At MCTEC, the approved ballot envelopes are opened, the ballots removed, and the ballots eventually tabulated by feeding them into electronic tabulation equipment. That is an awfully complicated process, isn't it? Why in the world would we allow all of those things to happen for a vote to eventually be verified and then counted. You could have just taken your means of legal identification into a small precinct, cast your ballot by hand to have it later counted by hand. And naturally, that's what we used to do. And elections were decided the day of the election. We got the count. The winner was named. And that system was fairly well trusted. But it's not just that they've created that extraordinarily complicated process for the ballots in relation to what the perfect process will be. They created that process specifically to enable mail-in voting, the style of voting widely known to be the most vulnerable to fraud. By the Bipartisan Commission, the Carter-Baker Commission. So they introduced mail-in balloting, the most vulnerable method of voting, and then they implement this process, this convoluted, complicated process, specifically for that type of voting. And then they spent all of 2020 convincing the entire country that that type of voting was necessary because of COVID. In fact, if you remember, I've talked about this many times, but Nancy Pelosi was holding up COVID relief packages because they wanted to include nationwide mail-in balloting and nationwide ballot harvesting in the COVID relief package. But it's not to steal elections. It could never be to steal elections. It was to save lives. And one other thing worth noting. 
election statutes are mandatory, not advisory, or else they would not be law at all. If a statute expressly provides that noncompliance invalidates the vote, then the vote is invalid. If the statute does not have such a provision, noncompliance may or may not invalidate the vote depending on its effect. This is from Miller versus Pikachu Elementary School District in 1994. The electoral processes established in the Arizona Elections Procedures Manual once adopted according to the statutory process, have the force of law. And so what this is pointing out is that the votes actually do all have to be lawful by every single standard of the statutes. If noncompliance invalidates the vote, then the vote is invalid. You can't just run around on the news saying that we must count every vote. What they are saying when they're saying we must count every vote is that we must count all the votes, even if they are invalid, like these hundreds of thousands of votes that do not follow Arizona law and are nonetheless counted anyway in multiple elections now, right out in the open in front of everybody. And this is why they don't directly defend themselves against these claims. If they wanted to prove that these hundreds of thousands of ballots without chain of custody documentation were in fact valid ballots that should be counted, all they have to do is produce the chain of custody documentation. But they can't do that because it doesn't exist. And because it doesn't exist, that alone means these votes are not valid because you cannot attest in any way to their validity. But that is not good enough for the communists. They don't care. That's why they go out on television saying, we must count every vote. We must count every vote. They're talking about whatever votes they are able to make up and insert in the process. And why must we count all those votes? Well, because if you don't, then it's voter suppression. And voter suppression, as they have told us on the television for years and years and years, is racist. So if you refuse to count all of these invalid, unlawful, illegal votes in your election, you're racist. That's where we are at this point in time. Does that make any sense at all? Of course not. But they can't just actually argue that the votes are all valid. So what are they going to do? Well, they're going to do the same thing they always do, which is call you racist. And I do actually want to touch on one more part before we get to the end claims. This is the analysis by Clay Parikh, the cyber expert who's worked in info security. He worked for the Department of Defense. He knows what he's talking about. This is a legitimate cyber expert who has filed an affidavit for this case. Some components of the voting system used in the election were not certified, thus endangering the entire voting process. The use of one of these uncertified components violates Arizona law. There were numerous procedural violations that can only be categorized as intentional. Maricopa County experienced a widespread technical breakdown across a significant portion of their vote centers. They reported 70 sites out of 223, 31.8%. Voting centers were affected. Other reports list as high as 132 sites out of 223. 59.2% were affected. 
Whichever figure is correct, given the required standards and procedures involved with the election process, an unintentional widespread failure of this magnitude occurring could not arise absent intentional misconduct. The explanations given to the public and the media for what caused the technical issues were not correct. The county also did not sufficiently provide the affected voters with instructions, nor the poll workers with procedures for the contingency plan or backup plan, let alone ensure the plan and the mitigation was implemented effectively and efficiently. So he's basically saying that even small problems in these systems would affect the validity of the votes in those systems and could preclude those votes from being counted. But it wasn't just that. It was a series of issues so widespread that it can only be seen as intentional. The excuses about glitches and human error just don't even come close to having the explanatory value necessary to think that all of this was just a coincidence or random circumstance or something that happened. No, it was by design. So let's just jump down toward the end. And I think I may end up spending the entire episode on this. The fifth Twitter file drop is happening now as I'm recording. So I might just save all the Twitter stuff for tomorrow. We'll see how things look on time. With the available information, no one can know whether Hobbs actually received more votes than Lake in this election, whose administration was overseen by Hobbs. As set forth above, the Maricopa County Election Board and the election officers in Maricopa County engaged in misconduct that nullifies the results of the 2022 election in Maricopa County by failing to prevent the entirely foreseeable problems that afflicted the voting at vote centers on Election Day and by failing to follow Arizona law with respect to signature verification and chain of custody. As set forth above, the inclusion of vast numbers of illegal votes in the vote totals reported by Maricopa County preclude the inclusion of Maricopa County votes in the tallies for the election of governor of Arizona. So that they're saying that these votes are invalid. They cannot be part of the final count when determining the winner of the governor's race. And of course, that's true for the other races as well. But this is this lawsuit is specific to the governor's election. This is Lake versus Hobbs. In order to avoid disenfranchising the legal voters in Maricopa County, the county must redo its vote for the 2022 election, eliminating illegal votes from the count. As set forth above, the maladministration and illegal votes in Maricopa County caused the state of Arizona to wrongfully name Hobbs as the candidate who received the most votes in the election of governor of Arizona. Lake received the greatest number of votes and is entitled to be named the winner. Alternately, the election must be redone in Maricopa County to eliminate the effects of maladministration and illegal votes on the vote tallies reported by Maricopa County. As set forth above, the maladministration and illegal votes in Maricopa County during the 2022 election caused grossly inaccurate vote tallies to be reported, unconstitutionally infringing Lake's right as a voter to have her vote counted only in accordance with all legal votes and her right as a candidate to have all votes counted from all voters who wanted to vote for her. Maricopa County's denial of Lake's constitutional right to vote precludes Maricopa County from certifying the results of its unconstitutional election. And so here are counts one through 10. 
These are the claims made against the defendants, summarizing the evidence and saying what this ultimately means. Count one, freedom of speech. Defendants Hobbs and Richer used their public office to violate the free speech protections of the federal and Arizona constitutions to further their own interests. Hobbs candidacy and Richer's political action committee, which would constitute misconduct even without the conflict of interest. So Katie Hobbs actually has the conflict of interest here in this election. She is the secretary of state and she is running in the election for governor. Richer has a conflict of interest, too, because he has a political action committee set up, even though he's a quote unquote Republican. His political action committee is set up to make sure that Carrie Lake doesn't win and to make sure that people cannot talk about election fraud. So he has created his own conflict of interest through the creation of that political action committee. But even without that, even without the conflict of interest, they are still directly and intentionally violating the constitutional rights and the Arizona constitutional rights of Americans by depriving them of the First Amendment. The misconduct by defendants Hobbs and Richer warrants not only vacatur of the actions that each has taken in the canvassing and certifying the 2022 general election, but also their recusal from any remaining participation in the 2022 general election as Secretary of State and Recorder, respectively. So not only do the results get thrown out, that's what they're saying should happen, but also Hobbs and Richer should not be allowed to participate in this election process any longer because they have abused their roles as government officials. Accordingly, Lake is entitled to an order vacating Maricopa County's canvas and Arizona's certification of the 2022 election. With the renewed Maricopa County canvas and Arizona certification awaiting the final resolution of the other relief demanded here, which would affect that eventual canvas and certification. Count two. Under Arizona revised statute 16-442B, Devices used in Arizona elections must be certified and must comply with the Help America Vote Act. And this count just lays out piece after piece of evidence that shows that the systems were not certified, were extremely vulnerable, and beyond that were mishandled. There was misconduct, again, that can only be described as intentional. They note in count two, specifically, this interference qualifies as the type of fraudulent combinations, coercion, and intimidation that requires striking the entire vote. And they cite Hunt versus Campbell in Arizona from 1917 and claim that on the basis of this precedent, Lake is entitled to an order setting aside the election in its entirety. Count three, mail-in ballots with invalid signatures. They write, Specifically, the invalid signature ballot envelopes established in the Bush and Perique declarations demonstrate that Maricopa County's elections suffered from outcome determinative numbers of illegal votes from mail-in ballots in 2020 and 2022. So the affidavits, the declarations by these experts claim and show that an outcome determinative number of illegal votes from mail-in ballots happened not only in this election in 2022, but also in 2020. Outcome determinative. 
The illegal votes require the court to act to set aside the 2022 general election. The remedy for illegal absentee ballots is either to set aside the election under Miller or proportionately to reduce each candidate's share of mail-in ballots under grounds. Accordingly, Lake is entitled to both an order requiring the Maricopa defendants to revisit all or a representative sample of the early voting ballot envelopes to check for valid signatures and to an order either setting aside the election or proportionately reducing the tabulated returns of early ballots. And the thing that should be really clear right now when you're thinking about questions like that, well, how do you fix this? What do you do? What is the right way to remove these votes from the process? And it's true. It is a very, very complicated question, especially if you default to assuming that the votes as they were reported represent some picture of reality in the first place and that that reality must in some way be corresponded to through whatever action is taken to fix the problem. But there's no scenario where Katie Hobbs comes out ahead if the number of illegal votes is taken from the count, even proportionally. Carrie Lake won the election day vote by far. If you take 300,000 of the illegal votes out of the early voting, and even if you say that they're broken down in whatever percentages are reported so far, then you can't get Katie Hobbs ahead, no matter how you do it. So let's say Katie Hobbs has two thirds of the early vote and Carrie Lake has one third. We're going to eliminate 300,000 votes, 200,000 gone for Hobbs, 100,000 gone for Lake. Well, right there, Katie Hobbs has already lost. And the truth is that the numbers are actually probably skewed against Lake in that scenario. Are we really going to believe that of the 300,000 plus votes that are illegal and should not be counted, a big portion of them are for Carrie Lake. A third of them are for Carrie Lake. No, the illegal votes are there to make sure that Carrie Lake can't win. Of course, they're Katie Hobbs votes and they'd be all gone. Katie Hobbs did not win this election and did not come close. If you actually count only legal votes, same thing in 2020, same thing for Donald Trump, same thing for Republicans and America first candidates all around the nation. Again, we're only focused on kind of the top of the ticket races, Carrie Lake in this scenario, Trump versus Biden in the other scenario. But this stuff happens up and down the ballot, hundreds of thousands of illegal votes. You can delegitimize an entire state government, an entire local government this way. It's not even hard with this many illegal votes. All they have to do is be targeted to the right candidates. And when you've infiltrated a system deeply enough, you can just get away with all of it. And that is what we're seeing over and over and over again. Count four, invalid chain of custody. Again, procedural protections such as chain of custody requirements are not advisory. If the violation of those protections affect the result or at least render it uncertain, the law must be followed. It's not just advisory. It's not just, hey, it would be really good if you did it this way. It's no, you have to do it that way. 
The Runbeck whistleblower indicated that Runbeck employees could add ballots to the batches of incoming ballots without any documentation or tracking the chain of custody of the added ballots, and thus with no way to know whether 50 ballots or 50,000 ballots were added in violation of Arizona Revised Statute 16-1016. So Runbeck employees were able to add ballots into the system by claiming that they were either their own personal ballot or the ballots of friends or family members. Does that sound like election integrity? Does that sound like a secure system? And again, think back to that convoluted process we talked about a few minutes ago with how the mail-in ballots and the Dropbox ballots are handled. So there's already step after step, all of these various people that can affect the security and integrity of an individual ballot. And then you've given the opportunity for Runbeck employees to simply add new ballots to the count. And remember, Runbeck is the place that prints the ballots. So they can print up a new ballot and just add it right into the process. And everybody is supposed to pretend that that's okay. And we're just going to trust them. And if we point this out, you know what they're going to say on Twitter. Runbeck employees have been getting threats. And what is the threat? What is the threat that they will be exposed for what they're doing in attempting to steal elections, that they might be held accountable, that they might see justice under the law? They're not being personally threatened. It's not a threat to say that someone should be held accountable under the law. Including early voting ballots scanned at Runback, Maricopa County's total uh, early vote ballots fluctuated upward by approximately 25,000 ballots two days after the election. So with no explanation whatsoever, Runback simply had 25,000 new ballots appear. Runbeck prepared at least 9,530 duplicate ballots with no chain of custody as required under Arizona law. They simply made those ones up too, especially in light of Maricopa's documented chain of custody violations with respect to the 2020 election. Repeating those violations in the next election renders the result uncertain, especially when the votes in question affect the canvassed margin of victory. Accordingly, Lake is entitled to an order either setting aside the election or proportionately reducing the tabulated returns of early ballots. Count five, equal protection. Equal protection, of course, means that everybody should be viewed as equal under the law. It is not acceptable to treat different classes of people in different ways. The law is meant to apply the same to everyone. Assuming, arguendo, that a state actor caused the tabulator problems that certain Maricopa County vote centers experienced on Election Day, the disproportionate burden on a class of voters, Republicans, warrants a finding of intentional discrimination and a shift of the burden of proof to defendants on information and belief, even among the cohort of Election Day voters. The BOD printer problem occurred with greater frequency and burdened Republican Election Day voters more than 15 standard deviations than it burdened non-Republican Election Day voters. Under those circumstances, the one man, one vote principle requires counting all valid votes and not counting all invalid votes. And they cite Bush versus Gore. 
The votes eligible for inclusion in the certification are the votes meeting the properly established legal requirements. That is Supreme Court precedent. We shall see if that comes into play later. Accordingly, Lake is entitled to an order setting aside the election in its entirety. This is just one way after another of proving that the election is invalid and must be redone or that Kerry Lake is certified as the winner based on legal votes. Count six, due process. When election practices reach, quote, the point of patent and fundamental unfairness, end quote, the integrity of the election itself violates substantive due process. And they cite massive precedent from courts all over the country. I think there's seven or eight suits cited here with respect to procedural due process, not only intentional failure to follow election laws as enacted by a state's legislature, but also random and unauthorized acts by state election officials and their designees in local government can violate the due process clause. Accordingly, Lake is entitled to an order setting aside the election in its entirety. Count seven, non-secret mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots pursuant to Arizona revised statute section 16-547 do not satisfy the ballot secrecy requirements of Arizona's constitution. The Arizona Republican Party challenged mail-in ballots and sought interim relief prior to the 2022 general election, and that litigation is pending in the Court of Appeals as Arizona Republican Party versus Hobbs. So there is litigation pending that was ignored completely. And Hobbs and others went ahead with their processes that do not satisfy the ballot secrecy requirements. All absentee ballots cast in the 2022 general election are illegal votes for the purposes of Arizona revised statute section 16-672A4. So the claim here is that the secrecy requirements are there in Arizona law. These absentee ballots, these mail-in ballots do not conform to the standards set forth in Arizona law. That means that all of those ballots, this is even above and beyond the chain of custody problems, the signature matching problems, all of those problems, even beyond all of that, the ballots themselves do not conform to Arizona law and therefore are illegal. So every single one of those votes in the election was in fact illegal. And it was Katie Hobbs's personal responsibility to ensure that that wasn't the case. Now, again, think about the problem this presents, right? They've created this complicated and convoluted system for voting that everybody is just supposed to accept and abide by, except they don't abide by it themselves. And due to the infiltration of the courts, the processes themselves don't conform to Arizona law, but there is generally very little, if any, recourse here whatsoever. They play out the lawfare. They play out the process of the procedural dismissals and the appeals one after the next. It takes way too long. Then courts will throw out some of these cases for mootness or timeliness. And they'll just leave illegitimately elected politicians in their offices because the processes couldn't be completed in time to ensure that actual election winners are the ones serving 
in public office on behalf of the people and in the people's name. The system itself is unlawful. It is unlawful at nearly every step in the process. And yet we're told that nothing can be done unless the courts correct all of this, which assumes the courts are following the law and the courts aren't infiltrated when we know that isn't the case as well. Count eight, incorrect certification, whether absolutely or on a pro rata basis, the cumulative impact of the foregoing counts invalidates significantly more Hobbs votes than the certified margin of victory for Hobbs. Pursuant to Arizona Revised Statute Section 16-672A5, quote, by reason of erroneous count of votes, the person declared elected did not, in fact, receive the highest number of votes, end quote. And this court must vacate the certification and direct the secretary of state or acting secretary of state to certify Lake as the duly elected governor. Now, that is interesting in a couple of ways. Remember earlier in the lawsuit, the request was for the recusal of Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richard. So if Katie Hobbs is indeed recused, then it falls on someone else named acting secretary of state to certify this election. Katie Hobbs should have never been in this process in the first place. Now, I'm interested, of course, to see whether or not that will happen, whether she will be recused. Maybe there is another reason why she wouldn't be able to perform her duties as secretary of state. I mean, she has blatantly and willfully and obviously broken the law, broken her oath, There are plenty of legal reasons why Katie Hobbs should not be any part of this process and not even be eligible to be governor of Arizona. Count nine, inadequate remedy. To the extent that the special nature of these proceedings precludes bringing concurrent federal claims against Maricopa County's 2022 general election, this court has jurisdiction under Arizona's Uniform Declaratory Judgments Act to declare that the remedy provided by ARS Section 16672 is inadequate to protect those federal rights and requirements. And Count 10 deals with federal constitutional rights under the 14th Amendment. To the extent that a non-governmental actor intentionally caused the tabulator problems that certain Maricopa County vote centers experienced on Election Day and the court does not set aside the election under Arizona Revised Statute Section 16-442B for uncertified election systems or under Hunt versus Campbell, and its progeny for fraudulent combinations, coercion, and intimidation, Maricopa County's selective weakening of early voting protections, which benefits Democrat voters, and exposing Election Day voters to non-governmental hacking, which harms Republican voters, violations of the Equal Protection and Due Process Clauses of the 14th Amendment, which this court can enforce separate from Arizona Revised Statute 16672 under 42 U.S. Code Section 1983 and concurrent jurisdiction. So basically, there are all of these different routes by which the court can address the problems presented in Arizona's election, and all of them lead to the remedy that either the election must be vacated 
with Kerry Lake being named the winner or vacated and redone following the law, because it's clear that the law was not followed in a number of ways so extraordinary that it can only be intentional. And here is the demand for relief. Wherefore, contestant Carrie Lake demands reliefs in the following forms. An opportunity to inspect Maricopa County ballots from the 2022 general election, including ballot signature envelopes and the corresponding signatures on file with Maricopa County prior to trial. B, a root cause analysis and forensic examination into the causes and extent of the printer tabulator problems encountered on election day. So those two demands are both about getting the evidence so that we can actually see the evidence. We know what happened in 2020 in Maricopa County. We know how hard the officials in Maricopa County attempted to make it to perform the Maricopa County audit. They refused to participate to whatever extent they were able to refuse, and they even deleted evidence. They admitted, and this lawsuit actually cites earlier, they admitted in congressional testimony in Washington, D.C., that they deleted election evidence that was required to be retained by law. These were members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Bill Gates and Jack Sellers. They gave congressional testimony to violations of election law. And everybody just pretended that was okay. Lake demands, this is C, trial of all disputed factual issues. So basically, we must look at each and every one of these factual claims. Let's examine all of the evidence in its totality and find out whether or not the claims we're making are true. And that would be fantastic because we will find out that the claims are in fact true. And then at that point, it would be very, very difficult for the communists to deny it. D, an order striking all signatures on file with Maricopa County that are not the quote unquote registration record pursuant to Arizona revised statute. Basically, they have this massive database of signatures, many of which are invalid, and they use that to do their signature matching. E, an order striking any invalid ballots or types of ballots on an absolute or prorated basis. And we've discussed that a couple of times. F, an order setting aside the certified result of the 2022 Arizona gubernatorial election and declaring that Carrie Lake is the winner of the 2022 Arizona gubernatorial election. G, in the alternative. An order vacating the certified results of the 2022 Arizona gubernatorial election pursuant to Arizona law and 42 U.S. Code section 1983 and an injunction requiring that Maricopa County reconduct the gubernatorial election in conformance with all applicable law and excluding all improper votes under the direction of a special master. So not Katie Hobbs and likely not. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the Maricopa County Recorder, Stephen Richer, the Maricopa County Director of Elections, Scott Jarrett, and hopefully not with the ability to certify this election being held by Arizona's governor, Doug Ducey, who is one of the most corrupt rhinos in the country. And finally, H, the recusal of defendants Hobbs and Richer from further participation in matters involving the 2022 general election, including any new election 
and the review of any issues related to the 2022 general election and any new election. So I would encourage everybody to look up the case. You can find the links, as I said, on Telegram or Twitter or Truth Social and focus on that middle section where all of the evidence is explained in detail. Now, if you weren't doing this at all after 2020, if you weren't following election fraud, if you weren't reading the cases, if you weren't paying attention to what the courts were doing, then it might surprise you that the evidence really is this well displayed. It really is this obvious. It is this overwhelming. The evidence of unlawfulness is incredible. The number of illegal and invalid ballots and votes is astronomical. It's more than the general public could ever possibly imagine because they are deceived into believing that election fraud is only possible in small numbers around the margins. That's not how the system works. They believe that public officials are trying to do a good job on behalf of the people. And of course they do because they want to feel like they're nice people and everybody else is a nice person too. And nice people generally try to do good things, but that's not how the world works. And the truth is, if you didn't bother checking to figure out whether the elections in your country were stolen and you helped cover up the election theft of 2020 and other stolen elections, then sorry, you're not a nice person either. So just because you see your values and your political persuasion represented in other people and you give them the benefit of the doubt, that doesn't mean that all of you are doing the right thing. You're just making yourself complicit to election theft and election fraud, which not only undermines the country, but it undermines the basic human rights of every individual. All of the election cases are like this. The evidence is extraordinary. Now, courts are infiltrated and judges make terrible decisions. Judges are paid off. Judges are corrupted. We pretend that people who serve in important positions in our society can't be corrupted and can't be compromised. We give the benefit of the doubt to people like doctors and scientists and judges, and we assume that they're doing the best job that their resources and their abilities allow, but it simply isn't true. So I don't know what's going to come of this case, but I do know that people can still be sharing this case and sharing the evidence presented of election fraud. They can be helping people understand this really is systemic. This really is widespread. Look how this happens. Look at what election maladministration of this kind can allow in our country. Yes, if you can steal upwards of 300,000 votes in one county, you can steal tens of millions of votes around the country. And if you can bypass the law and force all of this through all of this to be certified, and then the winners, in quotes, who come out of elections like this, if they can be put in office and we have to follow the laws they implement, well, you can break down an entire society that way. And of course, that's exactly what they're doing. This is blatant, obvious, massive election fraud and election theft. It's not an accident. It's not a glitch. It's not human error. 
And it sure as hell isn't a conspiracy theory. This is a system. This is a system set up in a certain way to produce a desired result. You can watch the system function and you can watch as the system produces the results intended. The key is for everyone to understand the system and what it does. The key is for people to know that the elections are stolen. We can't control what happens in the court, although we can potentially put some pressure on the situation, put our shoulders behind it. We can offer our support to the candidates fighting these election battles and their attorneys. We can donate to Carrie Lake. We can donate to Mark Fincham. Hey, if that's what you want to do, maybe that's not your way to help. Maybe you're not having a great financial time right now and you can't afford it. There are other ways to support them too, including just by sharing this information and making sure that people understand elections can be stolen and they can be stolen rather easily once these systems are implemented and once people stop caring. Once people are willing to just sit back and accept rampant violations of the First Amendment rights of American citizens, the human rights involved with being able to cast one vote for one person and have your vote actually counted. They sit back and watch corrupt and infiltrated courts render terrible decisions on procedural grounds, despite the evidence being, again, totally overwhelming. You cannot understand that there are over 300,000 illegal votes in Maricopa County for this election and also think that the election is legitimate and Katie Hobbs won. It doesn't make sense, but people are still saying it because they'll refuse to look at the evidence. And if they do look at the evidence, they're going to say, well, that's not evidence. Well, how is it not evidence? And they'll say, well, election officials looked at it and they said it wasn't evidence. They certified it anyway. And the courts looked at it. They said that this suit is improper on procedural grounds. So therefore, none of this is evidence. None of these hundreds of thousands of illegal votes are evidence of an unlawful election. And that's because they simply don't care. So it's our job to make people care. And part of that is people understanding in direct and simple terms that it is their responsibility as citizens to care because sooner or later, sooner or later, these people who have lived comfortably and benefited for these last few years while our country has been systematically destroyed, well, it's going to hit them too. And the longer they wait, the worse it's going to be. You can't sit idly by while you watch elections be stolen and the rights of your fellow citizens be trampled on. And expect that you're simply going to get off scot-free, you know, once everything dies down. All I care about is people unifying. Let's just find some place to unify and everything will be okay. Nah, Kami, that ain't how it's going to be. Wake up because it's coming for you too, eventually. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic, and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. 
comes out to under a quarter per episode, and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com, and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hot!